Kedushin Daf Samach Vav. So let's just start again from the bottom of Samach Hayim and Beis. Running start here. New sugya. We're talking about the power of an Eid Achad. Obviously, this is coming up as a, as a continuation. We've been talking about Eid Achad by Kedushin. Kedushin, you need two Eidim. But now we're on a, a bit of a tangent now about the power of the Namanas of an Eid Achad. So the Gemara says, Amar Abayi, Amar Eid Achad Chal Techelev, Allah Shosek Naman. The idea is that even though an Eid Achad says to a person, you ate Chelev. So if the person disagreed with the Eid Achad, you could always disagree with an Eid Achad. Two Eid, then you can't disagree with. They override anything you say. One Eid, if you can argue with him, you know, that's it. He's, he's knocked out. But what if you're shaysik? What if you're quiet? So the Gemara is developing an idea that the shtika on some levels on some levels is tantamount to an admission, and therefore the witness is believed, and therefore the person who listens to this is mechliv to bring a carbon. But many of the Shonim learned that it only makes sense if it's something that he should know about. Like, oh, you ate chilev. Well, clearly, you should know if you ate chilev, right? So then it makes sense that his shtika on some level should be like a hodah. But Tana Tuna, we see this way from the Mishra. One single witness says, you ate chilev, b'shogig. If the guy responds, no, I didn't eat potter, then he's potter from the chatas. It sounds like it's only because he disagreed that he's potter. He said, I didn't. But if he would have just remained silent, then the witness would have been believed. Amar Abai, same thing just in regard to whether your food became Tamayah. A single witness told a person, your Taharis, your, your stuff that you have to remain pure, that has to remain pure, became Tamayah. I saw, you know, a dead rat or something get on there. If the person is silent, then again, we say the same principle he's believed. But you know, we see this way from the price. If one witness says your Taharis stuff became Tamayah, if the guy responds, they did not, he argues, he contradicts, then Potter, he's exempt. Exempt here means that he could have still assume that the fruits are, the produce are tar. Tamar Damar Lo, it's only because he contradicts, he says no. Ha'ishtik, had he just remained silent, Mehemah, then the same idea, the witness would have been believed. Third example. Amar Abay. Amar Lo, Eidachot, Eidachot says, Shor Ba, your ox, it was, there was an act of bestiality which was committed with the ox. And what happens with that? It becomes possible for a carbon. You can't bring a carbon from an animal uh, that had bestiality. If the person remains silent, the witness is believed, then it's possible for karma. The town of two, no, we see this way. The Mishnah says, when it's talking about, um, uh, the Mishnah Machoros, when it's talking about absolutely carbon, it says, an animal that an Avera was done with it, or it kills a person, whether this was from a single witness who told us that it happened, or if the owner himself admitted that it happened. Namon, the testimony is believed, and the animal is possible. Is possible. So it says one of the things is that in Eid Echad told us, what's the case of an Eid Echad uh, telling us, testifying that, 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 that this happened? If Bailam admitted to the Eid Echad when he said it, then it's tantamount to the next case in the Mishnah where the owner admitted. It said if the owner admitted, it's no good. So what's the case of where the Eid Echad said it? Must be the case is allowed the Shasik. Where he's silent, and why don't we say the cases where he contradicts him? Because he contradicts him, Taka. He wouldn't be on the carbon. Wouldn't they would be, the Edus would be knocked out. So this is a third illustration of the principle that Edach can make an Isser when he's believed, as long as the Bayel Meshayim. So we have three cases. What are the three cases? You ate Chelev, your parents became Tameh, and your ox became possible carbon because it had bestiality. So why do you need all three cases? It's the same concept. It says, Lumar Tzricha was necessary. Diyash Menachemai, so we only spoke about the first case where someone said, Yuei I would say over there, the shtika in, in, implies a, a hodah because a lot of the kimlev did not shedah. But if the person wasn't sure that he ate the chilev, he wouldn't, make a, he wouldn't risk it and bring a carbon. Meaning, Bringing a carbon is not something you do unless you know you, that you're chayef. Why? Because the stakes are high. If you're not chayef, then it's a sin to bring it. It's cool and bazaar. So therefore, the lack of response is an indication that he's admitting. Because you can't say, oh, he just doesn't care. There's no apathy here. Because whatever you do is going to either be right or wrong. So therefore, his silence must be an admission. 
On the next case, where someone says your tar foods became tame, maybe really he totally he, 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 maybe the shtika is not necessarily kehoda, and he could say to himself, I don't care if I contradict the witness because, anyways, the food is still going to be fit to me. I may not be able to eat it when I'm tar because now it's tame food, but I'll eat, I'll eat it when I'm tame. So, in other words, the idea that he's saying is that I got no clue whether this guy is saying the truth, not saying the truth. But why should I open my mouth and contradict him, even if he is right and and and, and it's tame? Well, I still have I still have some usage from it. I can still eat it when it, when when I, when I am talking, and therefore it's not totally lost. So the idea is that there's this certain attitude of like, why bother contradicting, even though I do see some element of contradiction. But why should I bother? Because even if the guy's testimony goes through, it's not all is lost. And if you only said it in that case with the tar food, I would say at least But Lamaisa, he's losing the food to eat when he is tar, so he wouldn't have remained silent if he thought the witness was wrong. I have a show near Bob, but in the case where He's the testimony. He's about the ox. He says, what's the difference over here? He's testifying by act at the ox at Bishiali. I mean, what's the difference? The difference is, well, I could bring it as a carbon. You think that's all I do with my animals? And there are many other usages in life that I can use an animal for without bringing a carbon. Who says I was planning on bringing the animal as a carbon? So maybe you know why he didn't respond? Because he didn't care if the testimony went through. So it's just total apathy. It doesn't mean the hishtika should be interpreted as an admission on any level. So therefore, Tzricha was necessary for Abai to say that no, shtika koda. What's taka that you say? Well, why, what's the kavashvalon? I think the idea is that it's almost like a human nature. It's a human nature is that when someone says something, if you know it's not true, whether or not it makes a big difference to you or it doesn't, it's hard to, say, it's hard to hold it in. Right? We know how hard it is to hold it in. Specifically when it's someone else telling you something about your stuff. So therefore we assume that the silence really is uh, like, like an admission here. So now the Kamar moves on, and this out is relevant to Ozzy Bailuhu. Remember, what's the big rule? But what happens? Let's say there's one witness who tells a person that his wife commits adultery. So that itself, obviously, is not enough. But what happens? If the husband was silent, what's the halacha? Could the husband still be with his wife? In other words, maybe here we're going to say that the shtika koda, that it's like a, a, a level of admission and it becomes absolutely clear that it happened. Or no, maybe not. Again, pastors, we're talking about something when the husband should have known. So what is the loss? Amar Abai, Nema, the witnesses believes he can no longer live with the wife. In other words, it's mamish the same, the same idea as what we say by Yisurim, that the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't protest and contradict what he's saying, it's, a, it's on a level of a proof that what was said was true. So therefore, he can no longer be with his wife the same way an adulterous and any adulterous woman he cannot be with. This is much higher. This is not Isser. This is Dabr Shabba the big rule. You can't use an Eid Echad creating a Shtika from the Bailin to prove anything. That's not good enough. Okay? So we know by Yisurim and Eid Echad with the Shtika's Bailin is Nema. That's a Ba'ez Yisurim. But pulling that over to Yisurim, Rav is saying that's not good enough. That rule requires a higher degree of Eidos. And the fact that one Eid said it happened and the Bailin is Shaysik, the husband is Shaysik, that's, that's insufficient. Amar Abai Ben Amin Allah, how do I know that, how do I know it's true? Abai who held that it was Eidos with the, with the Shikah of the husband is enough. I know it's true from a story. There was a blind person who used to say over Brises in front of Shmuel, he was very late, he wasn't coming. So Shmuel sent a Shliach to get him. While he was going, he was going on one road, the blind man was on another road. So they, they completely missed each other. When they finally came back, meaning the messenger 
obviously had gone to the house, didn't find him, comes all the way back. So finally he says to him, he obviously was by the house, he, he saw what was taking place. Amr Yishra was you know what I saw? I saw your wife committing adultery. Also, the Khamedim Rishmo. So, Blimey came to Shmuel. He said, What's the halacha? Am I allowed to be with my wife now? Amr Shmuel said, It depends. If you trust this guy, you have to divorce her. If you don't, then do not divorce her. So, what does it mean if you trust? As long as you know that this guy is not a thief. Meaning, if you, if you, if you have suspicions that this person, who the shliach is a thief, so then you don't have to trust a word he said. But as long as you don't, it's not like that. It's a person who's credible, regular, regular, so then we would assume. That uh, he is Nemon, and therefore you you would be also your wife. You have to divorce her. So we see that even though it was only a single witness, but the fact that he's Islam, a regular aid, as long as he's not a thief, then you would have to trust. Now we shouldn't have a hard time over here. Do you really have a shtika koda? The person it's not so clear. Like should he have known about it? He wasn't home. How how should he have known? That's a problem that the Rishonim struggle with. But Al Kofanim the Gemara Abai is developing the proof. Edechad is Nemon even by a matter of sota, as long as the Bible is silent. So the Gemara says back, Rabba, Rabba defends himself. The Psaq from Shmuel was saying something else. There's a new idea that if the person, that's Stam, that you trust him. You trust him as if he was two witnesses. What does that mean? There are certain times where a person has such a level of trust with the person. Let's say someone you know, one of your best friends, your relative, someone that like, you're very close with, so he wouldn't say it to you unless it was absolutely true. You know that in your mind. So you're, you have a conviction that if he said it, it's like two people said it to you. Then Talaf gives a divorce. But that's a very unique circumstance. But if it's just a regular Eid Echad, then you're not high to divorce. So a totally different approach in what Shmuel was passing according to Rav. According to Abai, he was just saying if it's a regular Eid Echad, as long as he's not a thief. According to Rava, he's saying if it's a person whose level of credibility in your relationship to you is like two witnesses. All right, continues the Gemara. This is a famous story here. Obviously, we know about who King Yana was on some level. He's a descendant just a few generations after the Chashmonam, after Hanukkah. Very, very corrupt person, married to Tzina Malcolm. Now we see an interesting story about him here. Amar Bai And just to understand just a little bit more, the, the Chashmonam fought a lot of wars. We know that obviously they got by Hanukkah, but the, the issue was that the descendants didn't stop fighting. And they were looking, you know, to to um, to expand the, the territories of Israel and to to force other people to become Jewish, like doing a lot of like unJewish things. And in addition, they were also calling him. Right, that's the whole thing. Hashem the calling him. So they were kind of like kings, um, looking at like an expansion of Israel from a military perspective. And they were also they were also calling him. This is the figures at the time. So Amar Abayim and Amiel at the time we see a price. Reminds I went to a place called Kolchos in the desert. He conquered sixty cities. Where's this album in Saudi Arabia somewhere? Pretty amazing. Like really far. He was really happy. So so what happened? He made a whole celebration. He made a party. He called the rabbis. Our ancestors, when they were building the second base of Mikdash, they didn't have much. They were just eating some simple salty foods. They didn't have much. They were just eating some maluchim, not much. Not so clear what the maluchim are, salty foods and herb, whatever it is. So the point is, even though we can afford a lot more today, he said, let's have an interesting thing. At the party, let's serve the simple dish of maluchim to remember our forefathers. So they served the maluchim, ironically, on golden tables. And they had a party. And it was really a disrespectful thing. Because what he was really trying to intimate was that, look how much better we have it. And that, you know, our ancestors, and the answer is because we have power. Because we're, you know, look at, look at the Chashmonam. That's really what he was saying. There was a person who was there. Ish let's live ra uplial. So he was a late, he was a wicked heart, and a bad, uh, just bad heart. So he had a bad plot. This bad guy, I'm telling you, 
the, the, the Rabbanon do not like you. Meaning they really hate you and they're, they're just scared of you. <laughs> so Ma'a says, the Kinyana says, what should I do? How do I trust? How do I figure out if what you're saying is true? So he said, make them stand up, put on the tzitz between your eyes. Meaning go dress with the big day Kohen Gadol and you'll see the way they react. Which he does because Yahweh was a Kohen Gadol. There was a certain Chacham who was there, Yehuda ben Gedid Yashimo, he was a Tzadik. You should know the fact that you're a king. Leave the crown of Kuna for the children of Aaron. So in other words, what he was saying to him is, it's an, you shouldn't be both the king and the Kohen Gadol. It's enough that you're a king, and therefore leave the tits, leave the Kuna for, for the real children of Aaron. What does that mean for the real children of Aaron? I mean, we're, we're descendants, so what's the issue? They, they made a very, very tough accusation. They say, your mother was abducted in war in Modian. And what happens is, what's the halacha? When a woman is taken captive by Gaim, we assume she's raped. What does that mean? That she's also to a kite, which means that a child of that mother, the, the, the children that she has subsequently, are not kosher for to, to, to be kohen in Kodolim, certainly, even kohenim. So they basically were saying, you're not a kohen. They basically were accusing him of not being a kohen. They looked into it, and it seems it was a bit baseless, right? There was no evidence to substantiate this, this, this uh, accusation. Yanai was really mad, and he went on to throw them out of the feast. I mean, he went on to do even more. We'll see more in a second. He'll kill them. If an ordinary Jew was treated this way, right? What would the halacha be? You know, in other words, he's, no one should bear such a disgusting thing that people are saying such bad rumors about him. You're a king of the king. This is the way the rabbis treat you. So King Yana said, Maya, so what should I do to them? So Allah said, you want to listen to my advice? Go kill him. Go kill him. I Yana was nervous with the Torah. What's going to be with the Torah? If we kill all the rabbis. Allah so, <coughs> so, said, what do you mean? Torah, Torah, Torah is theirs? Torah is waiting for anybody to sit and study. Everyone wants can have it. The truth is, that was all apikorsis that now entered into, into Yana. Why? You should have responded. That's right. Go for Torah. What about the Torah? That's something that's oral transmission. So it's not something that's just waiting in the corner for anyone to take. Afterwards, there was a lot of evil that came out of Israel. So they followed this. They executed all the rabbis. The world was totally empty, desolate. Until Shimon ben Shetach came back and saved the world. Now, the, the reason he didn't die is because he was Shlom Tzion Hamalka's brother. So the, the righteous queen was able to, uh, to hide her brother. And that's the reason that, that, that he was able to be saved. Okay. So anyways, it sounds like they accused Yanai of, that his mother was abducted, and then it, they looked into it, and they found out that, you know, it was still okay. So what exactly was the accusation, and what came back? So, what's the case? If you say the cases, that it was a two against two, meaning two witnesses said she was captured, and then subsequently another two witnesses said she wouldn't have been cap, uh, captured. So what would that mean? That originally they thought there was something to the claim, but then the, once two witnesses said that she wasn't captured, then they dismissed the claim. But why would they dismiss it? If it's a two against two, my husband is a hani. Why would you rely on the two witnesses, the second witnesses who say she wasn't captured? So, hani, he has to be concerned for these witnesses, the witnesses who say that she was captured. So, meaning, why are we saying like everything is fine? If it's a two against two, we should be very concerned. Right? We said we dismissed the claims. What do you mean, why did you dismiss it? If it was a two against two, it should have been a suffix or chumrah. Now, Rashi Rage is a very famous Rashi here. I don't understand. Isn't there a principle of chazaka? So, it's a two against two. The mother was Bechesk's Kashras. 
So it's like Rashi, Olam Deshavart. If the, the suffix was on the mother, you're right. She has a chaz kashras. But here the mother's not here. It's not a shayla on the mother. It's a shayla on Yana. It's a shayla on Yana. Yana is a chaz kashras. Was he born to someone that automatically made him not a Kohen? Or was he born to someone who made him? Well, he was, yeah, a Kohen. So there's no chazak on such a thing. So it's a two against two. And therefore, and therefore there's, no, there's a problem. It should be a suffix l'chumr. So obviously that can't be the case with two against two. El must be the case. What must be the case is that originally it was only one eight that says that she had been captured, and later two witnesses came and said that she had not been captured. Now we can infer that must be why they dismissed the claim. But then we can infer time of the Kamachlavetrei. The only reason that we rejected the single witness's testimony is because two other witnesses came and said not like it. Halavachi mehem, and he would have been believed. So even though this is lachar davar shiva erva, why is it davar shiva erva? It's interesting that it's called davar shiva erva because it relates to who the whether or not she is. She, she became raped and could marry a coin. That would be the Pashup shot. It was be, having not just a being a sotar, getting the condition, but even knowing whether a woman is eligible to marry a coin is a Dabr Shabarva. Pastor says, I stayed in Gemara. So it's, it's Dabr Shabarva, and nonetheless, we would have believed the Eidachah. So it's a Raya. Even Dabr Shabarva, we could believe the Eidachah with the Shtika. So the Gemara says, Rava defends himself. Lolam Trey Trey. Really, the case was that it was the first two and then another two. I, what was your kasha? Why are you believing the second pair? The answer is, It's not just that it was a two against two. The second pair were mazim the first pair. Mazim means they said, you can't testify because you weren't in the place that you claimed to be a bin in at the time that you have claimed that you claimed to see it. So there, there's a very unique halacha. The Torah believes the second pair of witnesses over the first pair. Normally, two against two, it's just a toss-up. We don't know who to believe. But by Eide Hazama, the Torah believes the second pair of witnesses over the first so what happened was they were able to find out that they, they, they it was like a whole secret mission to go and get her out. They liberated her and they brought in a slave woman as, a, as her replacement. So basically what happened was is that the, the Goyim didn't even hop that she had been taken away. It was an unbelievable mission. So it turns out that she was never alone. They were made sure that they, she actually was never secluded together with the Goyim. So there was no chance that she was raped in that time. They found out that new evidence. It wasn't even a contradiction. It was just like more like there was a, they had new evidence came to light that she had not been actually raped. All right, now getting back to the issue at hand. Amar Rava Tafalam Abeis Benamin Yilah again. What does Rava hold? That by Davar Shiva Erva you need absolutely two, no Eidach without with with silence. So how do I know this? The Tanan we say in a Brisa. Amar Ab Shimon, Ma'isa b'Megura Shal Diskim Biyafta. There was a story in a pool of water in Diskim, in the town of Yavne. It sounds like the Diskim is the name of the person who had the pool, and it, it, this story took place in the in the in the, in the, in the town of Yavne. What happened here with this pool of water? The pool was a mix, and it was always assumed that it had enough water. In other words, at one point it had 40 saw, and we kind of just assumed that that amount, that requisite amount of 40 saw was still present. Nothing changed. What happened was, at some point later, they measured, and we see it's less than 40 saw. So that's great. We know that now it's no good. We know it was good. We know that now it's no good. The problem is, a lot of things went to the mikvah in, the, in between the time that we knew it was good and between the time that it was discovered not to be good. And we don't know if at the time that all those things went into the mikvah, at that moment was the 40 saw still there. So what's the halacha? All the Torah items that had been previously prepared based upon, you know, the kalim that went in or whatever, Tarfan is metar, Rabbi Kiva was metame. It's machlokas. Tarfan said they're tar, Rabbi Kiva says they're tame. So what's the study of the machlekes? So Pashas just understand it's machlekes and chazakas. Reb Tarifin is being metar because he says you go after the chazaka domain kara. Originally the mikvah 
was Bechaz Kashlema. Now it changed, but at the point in time in question, we don't know if it changed. You go after his previous status. His previous status was that it was Shalit. So we assume that it's still Shalit. And Rabbi Akiva is Metame because he says right now it changed. And you also have a conflicting Chazaka because the thing that you were trying to put in the mikvah was Bechaz Kastoma. So those Chazakas override. So that's Pasha's the Machlokas. However, fascinating thing, and that we're familiar with, this case comes up a lot in Shas, but here we learn a fascinating like analogies that the Tanam start making to other places in Shas. And then we'll see how it's relevant to us. It's only a doubt that you're trying to say it was lacking at that time. If it's a doubt, don't assume that it was lacking at that time. But let's argue the other way. The person who dipped in the mikvah and then prepared the food was at the time that he did. It's a doubt whether or not the mikvah was good. You're trying to assume he was tar. You shouldn't assume that he was tar just if it's only a doubt. Great. So I'll give you a marshal. What would be a kain who's standing and bringing carbonos on his back? Suddenly becomes known that he's a son of a ben grusha ben chalutza, and therefore he's a disqualified kohen. So he's in the middle of doing the avodah, and suddenly he finds out a ben grusha ben chalutza. What's the halacha? The avodah that he did is still going to be kosher. Listen to the halacha. A guy who's doing avodah, and Evina suddenly he finds out he's, he's not a kohen, the avodah that he did is still kosher. So too by mikvah. Even though now we find out it's missing 40 saw, the person who went previously in it is still good. Now this is a pelinite. Because what's going to go on and going to see in the Gemara, there's basically a new Xeris HaKasif, a new idea, that if you did Avodah and then you find out that you were in Kasher, it's still good. But we know by Mikvah it's not like that. Let's say we would have Adam who come and tell us that at the time the person went to the Mikvah, it didn't have 40 saw. Would we say he's tar? No, of course not. It's not like the case of finding it out you were Chal after you did the Avodah. The only reason, to, the only rationale to say it's good is because we're going to say we don't know if at the time when the thing went in, it had at that point already been Chaser. So it's an issue of Chazalkas and Suffolk. has no Shaykhs to the mushroom that we're bringing. The mushroom that we're bringing, a person finds out that Chalit is a Ben-Grushim and it's still it's okay. We're going to see it's a unique Halacha that even though you did the Avodah B'Chalal, since at the time you didn't know it's okay. How in the world can that be compared to us where it's only a Shail out Suffolk? This is a tremendous problem. Many of you have this issue back and forth. Some of you Taka try to develop from here. If you find out for sure you were, you were no good, your avoda is not good. And the unique din here is only when you find that it was a suffix. But Thaisus makes a whole thing out of this that there's really another, um, another issue here, a whole, a whole issue going on. I want to take a look at the top Thaisus just to see the question answer real quick. In the mashal, even if you find that for sure you were hollow, it's still good. If you'd find out for sure that the mikvah was chaser at the time, it wouldn't be good. So the Omeri, the Batarati Pligi, there's actually two separate issues happening here. Pligi There's one issue if you don't know what happened. But really, there's another hidden machlokes. What's the hidden machlokes? This is the one that's not in the Gemara, but the one that they're bringing the analogy to. A Kohen was Tame. He went to the mikvah to go do the avoda. And now Edom tell us that the mikvah was chaser before he immersed. So listen, it's like a second thing going on. A Kohen was dummy. He tries to go to the mikvah to make himself tar and then go do avoda. Edom tell us that at the time he had gone, the mikvah was chaser. So we talk of find out now that the mikvah was chaser and therefore he was tame when he did the avoda. Reptarfran is still saying the avoda was kosher because it's no different than the case of finding out you were a once you did the avoda. 
according to Taisa, there's a hidden thing going on here in the Gemara. Besides, for the issue of not knowing if the mikvah was chaser with the towers, leave that aside. That's one issue. Another issue: if a kohen was ended up, we find out he did davodah when he was tamei, but we only find that out after he did it because we went to the mikvah and he thought he was tar. We only find out that he was tamei because the mikvah was chaser after he did davodah. So we're tired from the saying that is good, just like the din by a when you find out that davodah was bachalolos, it's good. So too betuma. That's the hidden thing taking place in the Gemara. Lashita zataisis. Amar Rabbi Akiva, I'll bring you a different mashal. Mashal omen magmas vech no deshavam mum. Let's say a guy did avoda and then he finds out that actually he had a mum. What's the halacha? Avoda sapsua. There's no halacha that avoda is kosher. So you're busy comparing it to the guy who finds out he was a chalal. Why don't you compare it to a guy who finds out that he's a baal mum? So to here, if the guy finds out that his tahara was not a good tahara and then he went and did avoda on the mizbeach, we should assume it's no good. Well, let's think about this. You're comparing it to Bamum. I'm comparing it to someone who finds out that he was not a Kohen. Let's, let's figure out ourselves. This Kohen who was Tame, who is he more comparable to? If he's more comparable to Mengushua, then we'll compare him to there and we'll say that it is good. But if you compare him to the Blemish Kohen, we treat him like the Blemish Kohen and we'll say the immersion was no good and all of the Avodah that he did should be no good. So which one is it more like? Rabbi Kiva said, I'll prove to you that I'm right. Mikvah psulo biyachid. Mikvah, the psul can come about with a yachid, meaning one witness can wait, can testify in a mikvah. Ubamum psulo biyachid. And to make someone a baumum is also something that one witness is able to do. Let's say one witness says about a coin that he's a baumum, he's believed. The Kamar will get into the detail about that, but Eid is believed. Don't bring into this. Because there, to passle a person to say that a coin is not a coin, you need two witnesses. Okay, we'll get back to that in one second. Davar Acher, another reason, mikvah b'sul b'gufo. Mikvah is a b'sul in the mikvah, right? It's, it's a physical thing in the mikvah. Baal mum b'sul b'gufo. Same thing with baal mum. It's a p'sul in the, in the person himself. It's like something physical on the person. Ayichah ben gushu machalusha b'sul machirim. Ben gushu machalusha is totally different. The p'sul comes about from other people, right? It's a, it's, it's a result of the isurbiyah that his parents had. So therefore, don't compare ben gushu machalusha to Toma. Amalei Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Tarfon was so impressed by this. He says, Akiva, this is a very famous quip. Anyone who separates from Rabbi Akiva is like separating from life. The only way to live is with, together with Rabbi Akiva. He was so impressed by Rabbi Akiva's argument. So Lamai's Rabbi Akiva proved that we shouldn't compare it to Ben Gurishim and Chalutz. Ben Gurishim and is different. First of all, you need two witnesses to possible. Second of all, it's Psulim Me'achirim. There we say, when the Kohen finds out he was possible after the Avodah, the Avodah is good. But with some way that a Kohen who finds out he was blemished, his Avodah is no good. So to a Kohen who finds out that he was Tameh, his Avodah is no good. So now, what does this have to do with us? Now, Rabbi speaks, speaks up and explains his proof. What's this case? One of the arguments was about Mumma's Psulo What's the case of a one witness who's passing by telling a person he's blemished? If the coin contradicts him, he says, you're telling me I'm blemished, I'm not blemished. Would the witness be believed? He's not believed. We don't say that. That's a general rule. Again, when an Eidachot is contradicted, he's not believed. As we the coin was silent, and we see... That's the reason the single witness was believed. Okay, good. Now we can say, similar to that, what were we saying? Ben Grusha Mechalutza required too. Meaning, must be Ben Grusha If a person is told by a single witness, you're, you're a chalot, and he does not respond, he's silent, 
That's not gonna pass. We're assuming has a new thing it needs to. So that means we see that the shtika by Ben Gushavachalutza wouldn't pass. What's the pshat? Must be because it's a Davish Ba'erva. It's about who he's who he's who he's allowed to marry. If he's a product of Ben Gushavachalutza, Kohen, this, that, so that's considered to be Davish Ba'erva. Again, unbelievable you saw it. We see in the Gemara, Davish Ba'erva is only is not only when it speaks directly to marriage. Even defining if someone is a Ben Gushavachalutza is considered and we see you need two. And one, and the person's silence, is not two. That's Rava's proof. So again, to develop Rava's proof, there's a long machlekes here, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi, and Rabbi Tarfan. It was actually hidden. We had to you know, flesh this whole thing out from Taisus. But the machlekes is, when a person went to the mikvah, thought he was tar, then did avodah, then he finds out the mikvah was chaser, is the avodah good? We know there's a unique law by, by, by someone finding out he's a chalol after he did the avodah, the avodah is good. We know that a baumum who finds out he's a baumum after he did the avodah, the avodah is not good. So we have to figure out who to compare the guy with the tumah to. Rabbi Akiva made compelling arguments that we should compare him to the Baumum and not to the Ben Gushu Chalutza. One of the compelling arguments is Ben Gushu Chalutza requires more to possum. It requires two. Baumum uh, uh, only requires one, and so to mikvah only requires one. So the Gemara is explaining the case of one clearly is not where he's being contradicted. It's one in silence. And la- on that level, we're saying Ben Gushu Chalutza, you need two. So you see that one when silence is not Neman on a Dabash Says the Gemara of Abayamar, really the case is the coin was contradicting the witness. With the comment of my Mehemen, in regard to the blemish, ah, you're asking, he's saying, why should he be believed? The answer is, he's believed. As a witness says to the Kohen, what an amazing thing. You know, pick up your shirt, man. Right? He's saying, ah, you have a blemish on your body. And he's, he's saying, no, I don't. So prove it. If you don't pick up the shirt, then it is believed. What an unbelievable idea. In other words, that itself, the fact that the Kohen is uncomfortable doing that, is proof that... Uh, that, that the blemish really must have been there, right? So we get a little Altuve story here in the Gemara. It's pretty interesting. Like the fact that he didn't want the shirt to go off, that's the Korayo, that it's like that. It ends up being a proof. Very interesting Gemara. So normally, but here it's the aid, and then he says back, oh, but no, but he won't, he won't show it. So that is why it's a Raya. And like that, Ben Gershom Chalutza would require more. But even by even by Davish Rebbe would be believed. Abai finishes off. This is like what the Tana is saying. Mikvah psula begufo. The mikvah is a psula and the mikvah it's a psul in the person's body. Because it's a psul from other people. Meaning, what's the who cares that it's in themselves? What 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 like what's the what's the difference? What Abai is trying to say is what what's the nafkamina if it's in themselves? You know what the nafkamina is in themselves? It's very it's something you can verify. It's something you can see in it. You can ask him to remove his clothes and then verify if it exists. And since you didn't do it, that's why it ends up being a proof or it's one. Okay. Why can't you see that in the mikvah? Because the question isn't that the, it is. That's the point that Gemara is saying. Right, make up suvagufa, amum suvagufa. The Mar saying is different than bishul mechalutza. All right, so now one thing which is actually a little bit tough to learn about the Gemara is that the whole premise of the whole sugya is the law that when a kohen does the avoda and then he finds out he's a chol, the avoda is still good. Right, that was the whole premise. We're trying to Balmum was not like that. We're trying to figure out wh- which way Tuma falls. But the Gemara now wants to tell us what's the basic source. What's the source that for a Ben Gushim and Chalutza who did Avoid Olamaisa, it's still okay? It says in the Pasuk that we're talking about by, 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 by Korach, by Pinchas over here, right? So it says, that the kuna will be for him and his children after him. So it's mashma and the pasuk, all of his children. Bein zera, kashmir zera, apostle. Whether they're good kohanim or not good kohanim. Lamaisa, if you're a child of a kohen, even if you're not fit to serve. Let's say a kohen married a grusha. So Lamaisa, he has a kid. But it's not fit to serve in the base of Mekdush because he's apostle. But, but, but Lamaisa, we're learning that the avoda is still shaykh. So what does that mean? 
It means after the fact, the avoda is still good. That's the Pashib Shah. That's the Pashib Shah. The Maisa, the Rambam, has a much more Mechudashika thing. The Rambam learns, just to bring out the point, Pashas, it's only good if you find out afterwards. You did the avoda thinking you were good, and you find out afterwards that the avoda is good. The Rambam seems to have a different idea. Even someone who's a Chal, if you were a child of a Kohen, you're still a child of a Kohen. Even the Yilchatrila, you shouldn't do avoda. But the avoda, but you have it good. It's a whole different extreme. The Rambam's understanding here is that Pasha like this, a Kohen's kid is a Kohen. There could be a Psal Chalolus, but you're not, not a Kohen, you're not a Zahar completely. The Rambam has a Yisrael from the Gemara, a Chalolus is not possible. Others shouldn't laugh at the Rambam, it's not true, a Chalolus is possible. The Pshat is, if you did that in the premise you weren't a Chalolus, and then afterwards it's found to be a Chalolus, then the Xeris HaKasav kicks in. Avod Yishmuel Amar Ma'acha, we lane. So he said, Hashem, Hashem blesses whatever Levi does. What does that mean? Whatever he does, Hashem is Meratza. That means that any children of Levi do it, then Hashem accepts it, even if it wasn't what was supposed to be done. It says, by You give it to the Kohen who is there in those days. Who do you think you'd give it to a Kohen who's not in living in your days? We're talking about someone who was assumed to be fit as a Kohen, and then you find out that he was a Chal. So the Maisa, you would say, once you find that he's a Chal, that it's no good. And we're saying, no, it was in your days. Since in the moment when you brought it, it seemed that it was good, you were giving it to a Kohen. Even if subsequently you find out that the guy was not a Kohen, he was a Chal, still you were Makayim, your, your mitzvah Bikurim. Says the Gemara, and how do we know that a Baal Mom is not like that? Right? If someone who finds out he was Baal Mom, the Avodah is possible. So this is again by Pinchas. So we darshin shalom kishu shalom It's only good when he's whole, not when he's chaser, meaning not when he has a blemish. A Kohen is only a Kohen when it's priestly shalom kishu shalom. So the Gemara, big problem. The word is not shalom. Right, which we mean whole, it's shalom, which means peace. You, took, you got the wrong word, right? It doesn't say shalom, it says shalom. Amar Nachman, you could see this in the Sefer Torah, right? Vav de shalom ketia. You ever look in the vav, lachin v'sin shalom in the Sefer Torah? It's ketia. There's a, there's a, it's cut in the middle. There's like a little break in it. It's not, there's something that's missing. And what, what's the point of that? To show you that it should really be read as shalom as well. And therefore, that's an indication. It's coming to tell you that if it's about mom, it's not a good kain, and therefore that avoda would in fact be mischalam.